0: Good thing you mentioned that, because that was something I would never mention at all.
1: <laughs> hey, listeners. Welcome to another episode of Let's And it's me again, Aaron, hosting. And today, I'm actually in a very good mood. I can't really explain it, but um, yeah, it's been a great week for me, I feel. And I hope it's been the same for all of you. Still the same, washing your hands... Go out with masks and face shields if you have any. I actually bought a face shield recently for 50 pesos. let's again. And I actually do feel more protected. So you have the mask and you have the face shield. So even if somebody kind of goes a little bit near you, you have double protection. It's better. It's better that way. Oh, I know why I'm in a good mood. Because I watched The Sauna of Lenny Robredo, and I was filled with a lot of hope, even if technically it was all suggestions on what to do, it put me in a very good mood. I'm I'm comforted by that. And maybe that's why I'm in such a good mood today for this recording. So this guest is actually somebody that I've known for a really long time. We aren't close or anything like that, but he was my classmate when we went to college. And I bring it up in the episode later. I actually knew him before that through Candy Magazine. I don't know if people listening to this still remember Candy Magazine. It was a big thing in the early 2000s. I used to really look through all of that for makeup tips at 14, right? Makeup. Pero parang now people who wear makeup, kids who wear makeup really slather that stuff on. When I was in high school, wala akong alam sa kilay. And now, all these kids have these perfectly shaped eyebrows and they really put on the eyeshadow. Wala akong alam sa eyeshadow when I was in high school. Don't put that stuff on my face. I believe in high school, my only makeup was uh, body shop lip and cheek tint. That's it. That's all I would wear to prom, going out at night. That's it. So things have really changed. And I think I went way off topic. I was talking about Candy Magazine. Anyway, the point is, this guest is very knowledgeable as a content creator. He has made a name for himself despite having a father who is very famous. And I'm very happy to have had him on the show. I actually learned a lot from our guests. So ladies and gentlemen... This guest for this episode is Mr. Jaco De Leon. Yeah, hey Jaco, how are you today?
0: I'm good, I'm good, Aaron. How are you? How how have I'm you been?
1: Good. I've been okay <laughs> lang. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we're all hard. pretty much stuck in our houses. I'm just trying so. to get by
0: lang din. you know what I mean? Like, that's what I was telling a friend, parang, um, you know, some people just... You just need to get by, and that's yeah. that's it. You know, like that's that's all you're gunning for. It's really hard exactly. to do much more at the moment, but
1: yeah. But yeah. As yeah. in kapit lang, that is yeah. pretty much what's going on. What has been making you laugh recently, in light of these? Whatevers? Oh my my
0: my son. Uh, I, oh
1: that's right. Congrats. Thank you. I, I saw I the a, picture. I
0: had a well, we had a baby May one, so talagang Labor Day. You know, like wow. and Labor Day, and. uh uh, ever since then, it's been, you know when they say it's life-changing and you always you always think na parang like, you know, it's not, it, you don't know. But then once you're right. there, once you're there, you're like, okay, I get it. You know, I get it. <laughs> it is, it and is, And
1: COVID baby pa siya. Yeah. What yeah. was that like?
0: I don't know. Most Were of you f-
1: allowed in the room?
0: No, not at all. So I was just oh. in the, I was literally not allowed in the delivery room. I just stayed in the, I stayed outside but you you don't know because in the movies, the way you see a doctor come out. You're like, oh, what is it? But they'll tell you Yun pala, every time the doctor comes out, oh, we need this stuff. We need the, we need to get her stuff, you know, stuff like that. So I was just, okay, I, you know what? I ended up waiting in the room. Uh, I slept. They called me. It was done. Um, wow. And and I could hear babies cry because uh, I think I was a couple of floors above the delivery room or a floor above. Lang. So I can literally hear a baby cry so I'm like is that my baby is that my baby you know but then uh, and you, then you see it and the funny thing is the first reaction is a lot of people would cry or whatever I laughed mm. I laughed my ass off when I saw my. you just had a Why? funny face he had a funny face and and I'm like you know what like I guess given the scenario of what's happening you know that, that backdrop of what's happening it It was a good laugh. It was something that... Yeah. A release. It was a release. Because before that, imagine the panic of like, we can't go to our doctors um, because you don't want, you know, your pregnant wife to get sick or you don't want to get sick. Uh, And then when we got there, they created this new... How do you say it? Like there there was a new rule that, uh, you know, you have to have a a swab test for the mom. For the mom. And then the problem was she was going into labor, nah. So there was no time to read the test results. Uh, so we had to be placed in a floor, and ideally they were gonna open up for uh, people that don't have their test results yet. So so okay. you're you know so it gets scary and scary. But then when you're when you see your baby, it's just it goes away.
1: You know that's it, what they say, saying. Uh, yeah, everyone yeah. everyone who's a parent tells me that. So um, I have a question because you are a vlogger. Um, was this something that you filmed or was this just something that you needed to so
0: here's, here's take the funny in part. by yourself? So so mm. so just to I guess to backtrack a little bit. So so I I'm a content creator. Um, mm-hmm. and then in the content creator world, there are vloggers, there are you know, I'm more of a comedy creator, you know. So we do yes. comedy, I write comedy. I don't really vlog in the
1: in the Ooh, sense i saw 3 eh. there no, are a few three talaga. no 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 so the
0: the story of that is that um so one of the guys that i work with he got he got really sick and so you know i was like you know what might as well try to do it while he's he's out and so i tried it for a few episodes pero ang ko talaga i don't like being in front of the camera that much i like producing which is weird now because now i'm starting to enjoy being in front of the camera because of uh, the podcast uh, that I do with Justin or uh, stuff like that. Like, now I'm like, ah, okay, you know what? I could do vlogging. So that time, oh, yeah. so going n- now fast forward, I'm in the delivery area, not not in the room, but outside. I'm, I'm literally trying to film. But at the same time, because it's like COVID, every time I bring out my camera, I start putting alcohol, wiping everything.
1: <laughs> so parang,
0: I have footage of like, Weird enough, I never put it together, but I have footage of like, you know, B-roll shots of like the clock yeah. turning or like um the like I do updates like, oh, this maybe in the future, maybe when he's like 1 year old or something or I always say that but I never do it. But uh but yeah, I, I filmed it. I documented yeah. it. Yeah. But I never I think one put
1: time magaganahan ka to, to put think. it together.
0: But you know what? The, yeah. the thing about me is like I'm the kind of guy na I, I'll have my phone but I never transfer the de- the data. I just keep the phone. So like, oh, okay. I never, you know, like, I just somewhere. So, but then you forget about it, and then, well, you know, you just forget and about it. And you find it, it again one you day. You find it again one day, and you're like, oh yeah. So, but I want to use it. I don't know somewhere. I don't know what I'm gonna use it for. <laughs> but yeah, I did. Magagamet
1: <laughs> yan. I have faith.
0: Thank you. Thank I have
1: faith. You. So you know, you are actually the first well, no. First of your kind, first of your kind content creator that I've invited on the show. Where oh. you, you've you been in front of the camera vlogging and yeah. then also creating Paperbug TV yeah, and yeah, you know directing and producing and stuff like that. And this is something very interesting to me because the closest guest I had to that was Ryan Puno, who does Solid mm. OK.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. But um, I feel like what you're doing is a little different because there's more slice of life. It's more would that be correct?
0: It's more like I dabbled into sketches and skits. Mm-hmm. Uh obviously we did Bogart to Explorer. Um uh, so that's you know where we kind of started the into the YouTube world. Uh I started to work with vloggers maybe seven years after that. Um that one cause we kind of figured no one was doing it. Uh we thought like a year after, everyone was doing it, so we kind of just opened that door to show people. So it's the slice of life part. I always tell people like you don't have to be a vlogger, but you have to vlog, and the reason being like you have to communicate. Let's say you're you're let's say you're solid, okay, right? Like you do sketches, right? And you do you do that well, but uh, every when do you produce your content? You know, do you produce your content like every? week you produce your content every you know you don't you don't know at that time until you actually have a lot produced so sometimes I'm like you ha- you got to document because it's still a social media world there eh? you got to communicate with your audience uh so a vlog in that sense uh you know gets to communicate who you are to the audience outside what you do so it is imp- it's like a behind the scenes uh, kind of footage right, um, right. so it, in marketing in marketing you got uh you know that that's part of what you need for a good a campaign. campaign right? you have your hygiene hub and hero content right? so your hero content is let's say your your comedy sketches, your hygiene and hub content would be your vlogs or your posts or whatever. so that you know you you're, see this is
1: so interesting to me. this is jargon that I've never heard of oh, yeah I, hygiene I, I, hub so and hero, hero so hero
0: is your main 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 content so in a in a okay in an ad campaign that would be your TVc. That would be your okay. hero content. Uh, your hygiene and hub content are stuff that drive traffic to each other, to the hero content. So, uh, so hub would be, let's say, uh, behind-the-scenes footage of your TVC. Well, correct me if I'm right. wrong, people. You could write me a DM or whatever. But, yeah. <laughs> but uh, so, so, and then the hygiene is like, let's say, the Instagram page or the Instagram post of the, the commercial model in the commercial because then Ag. that one would lead to the hub content that would lead to that everything drives back to the hero content but but you know it depends on how you use a vlog a vlog can be your hero content like for a lot of people that that are vloggers and then it can be also something that drives traffic to your main content or your main stuff that you want to produce um, like
1: friends going on having like, friends oh, talking parent, to them exactly
0: like like this one for example if you have let's say let's say if you have a uh, spit the show right yeah this one would kind of be a uh, hub content for Spit because you're going to promote it every time you're here. So you drive traffic to that. But eventually, if this gets bigger than Spit, then this would be your hero. Or both of them can be. You could treat it the same way. I just look at it as like, you got to do something to promote your craft. Uh, yeah. If I've learned anything in the 12 years I've been doing this, uh, a lot of people are like, oh, how do you open a door? So to me, it's not about opening a door. How do you break a ceiling? How do you keep okay. moving upwards? uh in the in the craft that you're in in the in the field right. that you're in and how do you expand
1: how did you get into content creation no because this for me i think i've been doing comedy for a while also and self promotion yeah, has always been a little tricky Correct. for everyone for performers right Correct. so how did you get into that
0: um so i started on tv okay i started pre-med so let's start go all the way back 2000 let's rewind rewind 2000 ish no.
1: Yeah, I, uh, I know uh, batchmate style. Know, yeah, yeah, so, we were yeah. in the same English class, same age. So, so, yeah. so
0: uh <laughs> but so I was I was in New York. I was uh, I was pre med. Uh, I had one class. Nah, what do you call it? Like, elective. So I was pre med. I had no classes that I could take that are in the arts. I, my my dad's in comedy. My dad's in TV. But I didn't want to go that route because I was like, I wanted to. I don't know, not do that. So I, I, yeah. w- I was going to be a doctor. That I was going to be a development. Wow,
1: that's team. really yeah, far yeah. from. You really wanted to veer away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Love yeah. it.
0: Um, <laughs> you know, I, I really did my best. <laughs> yeah. um, but I, so I, I was doing that. And then I had one elective. And then uh, I went back for a summer. And then uh, Francis Magalona, the, the late Francis Magalona, uh, he was like, Jax, why don't you take up photography and I'll teach you? I'll teach you photography. So I ended up doing photography as my only elective class. And then I realized I was born to be in the creative arts rather than to do everything else that I was doing at that time. Um, so fast forward a few years later, I shifted. I worked another job in the States while doing my pre med. I was also doing pre law and I was working at a law office. And then I major overachiever okay? or I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh and so I was working at a law office I was working at a pre med office uh, I I was working at a hospital uh and then I was doing a marketing job because I wanted to build up that creative uh you know field so I wanted to work into marketing and the company I worked for is this really small company but they were non-traditional marketing so by okay. that it was um Digital. Not not even at that time it was flash mobs and oh yeah like like that was non-traditional marketing. Like we would, but cool. What we would do is very out of the box stuff. Like for example, we knew it was gonna rain in New York, Um, and we gave out uh, like a thousand umbrellas. And then by the by obviously it rained. So everyone in the like you know I don't know what avenue it was I forget. There was a photographer in a rooftop. Ready to take a picture, and you could see a sea of the umbrellas spelling out the the name of the brand, the product. Yeah, the product. Wow. So it's stuff like that. Or we did, uh, I think, Maker's Wish, you know, the 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 alcohol, and then we put up in I think it was Central Park West, but so, but so one of the one of the one of the areas we put up a uh what do you call it a vending machine of alcohol, right? Obviously, ah. there's nothing, di ba? But it's a marketing yeah. thing that Tas ang nakalagay parang you wish. So it's, it's stuff like that. So when I got back home, I was like, ah, that's what I want to do. I want to do non-traditional marketing. I tried applying, but the people here were like, ah, we have ad spinners. Eh. So they don't... Okay. So so we were so far behind, in short. Um, right. So I started working at, uh, you know, I didn't want to go into med anymore. I worked in it Bulaga for... Uh, Two, two years, I think. I was working... As a talent? No, no. not. A, I, I, there was a part of my life that I did try to be a professional guest. Because you get money every time you guest. Uh, but okay. you know, I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> There's footage <laughs> of that. It's just not your world. Not, not at all. I created a marketing um, job for myself. Uh, I created a coffee table book for them. While I was doing this... I was offered to produce a show, so here's here. a nice story. Etanet. Um, uh, but I I did a lot of stuff at that time. I was like 2000 and something, uh, and then uh, a guy was like, "Hey, your dad helped me out 20 years ago." Um, a guy helped me out. To, uh, your dad helped me out 20 years ago when I had nothing, and I want to give give him back. Uh, give back something even to his kid, But right? And and he was like, "Do you know how to produce a show?" I light bulb, yes, I didn't know how to produce a show. I just said yes. Um, and so I ended up producing a TV show. And uh, the great thing about it is that it's like you're learning from the top to the bottom rather than from the bottom to the top, right? I was a boss. I was an executive producer because that's all I wanted to be at that time. But I didn't know anything. So what I did was I learned from each and every person from the top to the bottom. Uh, down to like, I, like I wouldn't sleep with the ed- like I wouldn't sleep. I would just be at ed- in editing and just, uh, you know, go home like two days after three. Just just learn it, and then, uh, yeah. and then I realized what I like. You know, we did a comedy show. Uh, it was called Front Act, and one of our PAs was Bogart the Explorer. Well, Marco Ho, he was our PA on the show, and uh, there's a whole story about that, but. Uh, on how he got to work with us. But then that's pretty much it. Like, we we tried doing YouTube. We we thought it was less political Uh, in terms of the, you know, television has a lot of, like, politics uh, within yeah. the show. So I was like, you know what? I'm a kid. I didn't really know much uh, about that stuff. And I don't want to bother with it. So I was like, YouTube is free. We put out our first Bogart episode and it went viral and everything just kind of went from there. So... That's pretty much how I got my start. It's just like you you take take whatever shot you could take. You take your shots. Uh, yeah. You know, you miss 100% of shots you don't take. So might as well, you know, when you get an opportunity, just do it. Right? Like nothing stops. Yeah. The worst you could do is, uh, you know, you fail, but then you just do it again. <laughs>
1: yeah. And Paperbug has really taken off. Like yeah. you have so much content and are you the one who writes all of it?
0: Uh, with Bogart? Or you have writers? No, no, not at all. It's just me. Me and Marco. Marco who, who plays Bogart, we would write Bogart for the most of it. Uh, yeah. we do have a team and we do kind of have an open uh, idea thing and we we just we just play around. Masarap may with humor. Yeah. And for me, uh, it's like in YouTube at at least at the time when I started, there are five things you could be. You could be you could be the first you could be the best, you could be the biggest. Uh, and then there's like four and five that's more like, you know, you could be Anjunta lang. Know, the, the, <laughs> the longest video. Because that's the only way you're gonna get recognized. Imagine there are hundreds of thousands of videos uploaded every minute. How can you stand out? Diba? So, exactly. so again, it's a self-promotion thing. Diba? You gotta you yeah. gotta find a way. So And where
1: do you get inspiration to come up with these unique ideas? for different, you know, different videos? Um, just other people.
0: I mean, observational comedy. I mean, if you look at like stand-up comedy, which is like basically observational comedy, not like point of view stand-up comedy at least, uh, or you draw from real life. Eh? I think comedy is is literally a, a bastardation of what you see. You know, basically, you know, you just kind of find the, what's, what's there and you you exploit it in a way that you make it funny. Right, so yeah. so life's funny in general. Life is just a, life is comedy. Right? Life is comedy. It's filled with funny stuff, but if you can, and even the tragic stuff in life, you can turn into something funny. I've always learned from my dad, and he always says like, if you're a comedian that can write your own jokes, then that's real comedy. Because in the in the Philippines, na usaren yung mga you're funny because your your face or how you talk or what you look, yeah, what you look like. But writing comedy is very rare, to be honest. It's and it's rare. difficult and it's hard to do. Yeah.
1: Yeah, very, very difficult. Yeah. You mentioned your dad. And um, for the listeners who don't know, Jacko's dad is Joey DeLeon, who is part of Tito Vic and Joey, very big. Yeah. And um, was it something, was it a goal for you when you were younger to sort of step out of his shadow or did you not mind? Because um, I know a lot of people that kind of have that grudge that i lang ako anak ni ano. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, have yeah, a name yeah. for myself. You know? I, I mean,
0: I guess I was one of those kids. But I, it's not because <laughs> I, I wanted, I had that like grudge. It was more like, I knew that at my best, I would probably be, the best I want to be is probably half of what he's accomplished. You know what I mean? Like, I'm happy wow. with that. Because mm. uh, right. uh, a lot of people, you know, they know the latter part Nah, I don't the kids. They they don't know the career that he's built. And I grew up in that career. So I've seen everything from uh from creating, you know, from writing songs for VST and company, for writing for Hagibis, for writing for Cinderella, for doing movies, for writing movies, for for doing TV shows, you know, like that was something that I know I'm like, okay, that is just a tough act to follow. <laughs> Um, But I've always thought that I don't want to be the next him because there's only going to be one of him. I wanted to be the first me. Uh, At least that was the goal, right? Uh, And then I thought that was difficult because like, um, you know, so I started having this mentality that you rise by lifting others. You know, so I started like producing. I started like, okay, if I can put this person, uh, if I could make Bogart a star, then it's like, I feel like I'm part of it if I can right. if I can push uh, like Will Dasovich and make him a, you know help him become a very big vlogger, I feel like I'm part of it. You know I I'm, I'm never right. selfish in a sense. Na parang it should be me me me. Um, I I love being a part of something that that grows. Uh, I told a friend the other day. Um, I was like you know what in YouTube like not a lot of people that we were pretty much paving the roads for them. And most of the roads that we've paid are now streets with no names, but we, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter, because now it's a city. Now when you walk yeah. the streets, you know. I know a few people know that I was a part of that, but I don't need to have my name up in lights to know what I've done. And, and you, know, because of that, I was able to do a lot in my career as well. So that you know for me, it's like I was never trying to get out of the shadow. We had we had a whole actually I was in a guesting of a podcast with three other people who were son, second generation um, it was ah. uh, Paulo Paulo Valenciano who's Gary mm-hmm. Valenciano's son. Uh, and then and then you have the Manalo brothers who are the sons naman of Jose Manalo from Bulagaden. Um and we called ourselves the Grey Boys. And, yeah. and and it just so happened Lang we were all wearing gray uh, during that that recording. And, you know, I was like, you know what? That's interesting is because we never really got fully out of the shadow. And I don't think we ever will be. But we got one one side of our face facing the light. And because Mm -hmm. we're, you know, we've made something of ourselves and it might not be as big as our dads. And we probably would never be as big as our dads. And hopefully we would be. But we're happy to be in that spot we're in. We're thriving. We're doing okay. But we're also, you know, we had that anonymity with us. And we keep right, that right. you know, so 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 yeah, so I never really tried to get out of the shadow. I just wanted to do what I do best and I wanted to help others uh, you know, get their full potential, I guess. Right. In that
1: sense. And you've really you've really outdone yourself, I think, because I mean you have so much content. This is a big step from your Candy Cutie days.
0: Ay, <laughs> you know. good thing you mentioned that because that was something I would yes. never mention at all.
1: <laughs> I know because I remember when I saw you again, you were like, oh yeah, you were my classmate. Yeah, but I knew you before that. Pa. Ha, 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 pa yung cover
0: ha. I have a copy <laughs> somewhere.
1: So who are some comedians that you watch out mm. for and that that you actually enjoy?
0: Um, very old school. Like My dad is obviously one of them, but he exposed me to a lot of uh, the really classic comedians. Uh, So when I was growing up, I really enjoyed Peter Sellers. I enjoyed Blackadder. I enjoyed, uh, you know, obviously Rowan Atkinson, you know, Mr. Bean over there. You have, uh, I didn't, like, I enjoyed the Marx Brothers a lot. Then when you watch a lot of the older comedies, you realize that, I, I hate it then when people are like, ah, slapstick's unfunny. Because, like, for mm. me, I'm like, what we do now, if you watch movies, they're still slapstick. You watch a Seth Rogen movie, it's slapstick. It's just not done with the sound effect anymore. Do you, right. like? you don't have the toing and cling. And, and even when I watched something of old, it was, it was choreographed. The comedy right. was so intricate that it was cho- choreographed almost. So if you have someone like, you know, uh, like a Charlie Chaplin or or the Three Stooges, like the, the choreography of and I was watching a, I was watching a, a documentary on Monty Python recently. I think it's on Netflix.: Yeah,
1: I saw that on Netflix.:
0: Yeah, but like the way they, the way they write their comedy is so intricate uh, yeah. that they you know, oh, my favorite is Mel Brooks, so if, 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 if there's anyone it's Mel Brooks, uh, I'm a big Mel Brooks fan. Um, so a yeah. lot of the comedy that we did for Bogart were a mix of everything that I've ever learned, and so you will have jokes that are decades old in terms walk
1: of walk this way gonna... mga, mga ano, mga like <laughs> I mean
0: you know I, the, I fart in your general direction kind of jokes you right. know you kinda you kind of build on that into a modern day setting um mm. and nothing's original anymore in that sense uh but joke plagiarism is also very very it's treated very seriously so you really oh, got to be lalo na for stand up uh, lalo na for point yeah. of view um but you have to have you have to have that funny bone talaga when you write comedy yeah. um i realized with youtube we didn't care who our audience was to be honest we wrote because i realized if they were uh if you're one in a million there's 7000 people like you you know so right. if i can write for the 7000 people who would appreciate what i write then I'm happy right so yeah so that's the mentality going into that so when we wrote me when we wrote Bogart the first uh, first ever Bogarts or the comedy show we had a show called Front Act on TV before uh, and the co-hosts no, were Stanley Chee Mike and so on like these are like yeah uh, you know point of view stand-up comics at that time eventually Stan is a writer comedy writer now um and then like i learned from them as well you know i, I watched a lot of stand up i watched a lot of um uh you know improv is one thing that i i i watched some like you know when it, it was when spit back in the day would go to the school or at or something like i would watch right. um yeah. that's also interesting to me like actually improv is very interesting because it's a mix of it all and it's not just comedy improv is, is improv <laughs> it's not it's not yeah, only it's improv, comedy yeah, yeah. In comedy, you gotta be a sponge. eh? You cannot be close-minded. Anything can be funny. Uh, Of course, you don't make fun of stuff that is not. Ideally, you shouldn't make fun of anymore. But in your head, sometimes it's funny. You know, when you're when you're there's some there's some Mel Brooks quote. eh? Tragedy is when I cut my finger. Comedy is when you fell into an open manhole and and break your neck. You know what I mean? It's it's very grim, but like it's it's uh it's everything is funny. And yeah. you know when people say, "Oh, that's not funny," it is funny. It's just not funny to you right now because of the scenario. Exactly. You know, like uh, life eh, eh, and what did someone said? Parang it's a it's a drama or a whatever in a close up, but a comedy in a wide shot. I forget who said it. You gotta be a student to fit this.
1: Comedy is evolving all the time, and there's Correct. emerging comedy, almost instantly yeah. all the time what is your thought on memes as comedy
0: at first you know what it is if it makes you laugh it's comedy and mm. 90% of it i wouldn't get most of the time and you you would think you've seen a lot of memes cuz you see it every day no there is a reddit page of like meme after meme um and gen
1: z memes are very different they're like
0: yes yes they right? they've um they've expressed it's almost turned into an art i know it's like Exactly. Unpopular opinion on it, but I think it is. You know what I mean? Like I think there are people that are meme writers, and we look at it as like you know kids, right? I'd never discredit them because for me it's like brilliant. How did you yeah. even st- the way you stitch up a meme to be a, a popular meme? There is a depth of intelligence that goes into it, and you must think it's mundane or it's something that's very void of it. I think the opposite. I think memes are... There are memes that I'm laughing my ass off. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. They look at... So, of a whole generational gap. And we're back into that Gen Z versus Gen X versus uh, Boomers versus whatever. Um, the comedy that you see is not new. The comedy that you see is just presented in a different way. Uh, right. the, the setups, uh, the way you write your setups, your punchlines... They're the same. Eh. It's just that the, the the when we got to a particular time now, the humor just became. I don't know how to describe it. It's it, it's not weird. It's like uh, avant-garde. I don't know, but uh, it's
1: it's kind of like, it's
0: it's the humor sabaw, sabaw siya
1: sabaw yes yeah. I, agree. I agree the humor and is also sabaw. it's it there's a mastery of using as little words as possible correct and still right. making it effective which right. i love which which is great. perfect for adhd yeah correct, correct. <laughs> it's like oh done. correct
0: i i think you know what when we started uh on tv our show was called front act we had 15 segments on, in 30 minutes because at that mm. time i was like you know what people are going to have i called it uh you know i don't know it's not politically correct obviously but it's, uh, we i called it ad add viewing because like right. you wanted to uh but YouTube was evolving, but not yet. It wasn't there at that time. But we were like on TV. I was like, you know, I wanna change the channel for the person. Uh I, I'm a psych major, so I had a lot of like, ah, people's attention spans are this long. Uh, you know what? Every two minutes we gotta change our what we're what we're doing. Right? So so our show, we got to experiment with different sketches, interviews, funny things. Bogart was was a Bogart was on TV two years before it was online, but people didn't watch mm. it because we were on uh, a channel right before the PBA it was probably not the audience, right? yeah. Um But when we got to YouTube, we discovered the audience. And when we knew the the audience we wanted, we were like, ah, we want to create for these people. And these are people, uh, now they they come to us later on and they're like, oh, wow, that was my college years. That was my... And uh, and it's great, right? like, uh I, I remember one time, me and Bogart were in a, a YouTube Fan Fest. That's one of these events that we have for YouTube. And uh, there was a not a stampede, but some some people got got trampled on because it was so packed. So we went backstage to to you know bring light to these these kids who who won't be able to see the show. And uh, so we got backstage, and the, there was a kid who was like saw Bogart, and off the back her uh, like off the bat her eyes lit, and she was breathing through an oxygen mask, and she took it down, and she was <laughs> Bogart, Bogart, and we run to her and we're like, no, 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 it's okay, it's okay, put your mask back on. She's so like, oh God, my mom loves you. Like Oh we, wow. And we realized, you know what? This is not our generation anymore. Yeah. Uh and, and you know what? And then you you just keep writing because the you write, then you try to evolve from there. Uh mm. because you know, na parang yunya, a style of comedy from the 80s won't work now. But the joke would. The joke yeah. would. Uh, my favorite movies are like. I don't know. Any Mel Brooks. Uh, very So I love very slapstick stuff. Mel Brooks, Monty Python, Airplane, uh, Naked Gun. My favorite yeah. movie is this movie with Val Kilmer. <laughs> Ironically. Uh, it's called Top Secret, I think. I know um, Top Secret. Yeah, that's one of my favorite yeah, yeah, yeah. movies of all time. <laughs> Robin Hood, Men in Tights. So if you watch these oh, movies. Oh, I love
1: Men in Tights. Yeah.
0: If you watch these movies, these are the comedy I like. Uh, yeah. It It has a lot of slapstick in it But it's so well written It's so brilliant It has uh, A lot of wordplay It has a lot of uh, And most of all Like If you watch a lot of My Bogart episodes And our Bogart episodes From the past All of it is social commentary But we do it in a comedy way, like the Konyo. yeah, 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 like the Philippine Konyo, you know, and or we did that was one of the earlier ones, but the Philippine Snatcher. A lot of the stuff yeah. we did then are not acceptable now, but
1: yeah, <laughs> that's
0: that's the time, diba? Right? Um,
1: I do like the fact that comedy also dictates the time correct. that it came out. So it's like a historical. You're it going is. through history. Th-
0: that is very correct. Uh, history, a comedy is a way of, I would say, comics, right? The same way. Comic artists write uh, in response to the time. Uh, mm. This is our soapbox. Eh? This is where we can. A lot. Some people are, you know, and it's great. You know, some people are using their voices to do something else. Us writers, as comics, we use our comedy to to not just give entertainment and light to people, but also to ideally to you know, yeah to to take note of the time, to take note of the. Of what's happening during that time, it's uh you know art artists i would say artists political artists like anything any art, especially comedy because that's yeah. one of the ways we're in that's why there's there's a term that you call like punch up or punch down about right? like uh for comics, you know you could punch down, you could punch up uh it's more likable, especially nowadays that you should punch up. I think you know you should be able to take like you know you yourself. To to be a successful comic, you have to be able to take a joke. You know what I mean? At the end of the day. Yeah,
1: absolutely. And
0: you have to read the room. I think that's one thing that nobody does (laughs) as much. Like, read the room. Do I read the room? Any stand-up comic. uh, And that's what's impressive. I studied a lot of stand-up comics because I was exposed to them at a particular time when I was doing uh, front act. And a lot of the ones you see today, they were reviewing their material in some small comedy club and I would watch them. Um, And a lot of them even record the audio of the audience. And uh, they have a, a, an LPM or like a laughs per minute kind of thing. So they know which yeah. jokes are, are hitting which jokes. That's reading the room. That's literally yeah. reading the room. Uh, if you see people laugh at one thing, then you build on it. it's Stuff like that. I've seen it evolve so much that it, it turned into something that you would only see in its own kind of little bubble. To become an Oscar-nominated thing, you know, like comedy is yeah. now respected as a as a proper art form, and you could write comedy and make it believable and make it uh, and give a good story. I think the challenge now is to find that voice, uh, to find it. And I hear I hate the term now more than ever, but now more than ever, I think you need to find that 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 voice. So if I were you guys, look look at twitter look at facebook look at youtube i know it's very uh it's very toxic to go into social media nowadays uh, it's such a polarized world but if you could find that gem that makes you laugh that is the content that you should be watching uh now talaga it's in nga eh, it's a very personal time eh. parang yeah. y- you you got to watch out for your own mental health you got to watch out for your own self um so Comedy is a way to You know To mum any, To silence any, Anything any, Anything outside that, That's happening And for that split moment You're happy
1: Well thank you so much This has been A great discussion oh, I'm so you. happy That I got you on the show No, likewise So thanks so much This podcast is powered By Podcast Network Asia For more info On the shows And the network Visit www.podcastnetwork.asia And Podmetrics, the only analytics you'll ever need for your podcast. Track your podcast stats across multiple platforms to have a full view of your audience and clout. Sign up and create your free account at podmetrics.co and use my referral code. Tawalets, all caps, Tawalets, no apostrophe, just big letters, Tawalets.